Happy holidays here at the Slinging Sports Podcast. It's finally December. Uh, your host, Jake Finnerty, your co-host, Wally McKeon. Back again, episode 14. Wally, how are we doing? I'm, I'm doing really well, Jake. Uh, the holidays are in full swing. I'm wearing my Snoopy Christmas shirt today. We're, we're going to have a Christmas party this weekend. Well, you're going to spoil my highlight of the week. Oh, that was my just, highlight of the week. Uh, uh, all right, well, let's, let's get right into it. it. It's highlight of the week. Uh, this weekend, you know, final weekend that we're all going to be here for... Uh, the holidays before the break, and we're having a little Christmas party this Saturday. Yeah, and uh, you, you're, you and your roommates are organizing this. We're having an ugly sweater contest. Yes, we are. I, uh, I sent this out. I think it was during Thanksgiving break. Yep. It was like so everyone can bring theirs back if they had them at home or mm-hmm. whatever was going on. Um, and we're also doing a white elephant gift exchange. Yeah, which I'm really excited for. I haven't done one of these since I was in maybe eighth grade. Really? Yeah. My, my family uh, does one every year. That, we're doing one this year as well. Okay. For the first time. By pure coincidence, my mom <laughs> sent a text in the family group chat. We're doing one this year. I was like, oh, all right. Well, yeah, for me. I, I, awesome. I love it. Um, It's fun. I like, see, so like my family, we'll do ones that are like partially funny, partially serious. Yeah. So like you still get like a decent gift out of it. This one that we're doing here is going to be full on jokes, it's free like for all. free for all. I'm looking forward to it. Not spending a lot not spending a lot of money but having a lot of good laughs. Yes. Um enjoying some some Christmas festivities or some holiday festivities for all of you that don't celebrate Christmas as well. We got to we got to break out the Sprite cranberry. Oh, I've never yeah. had Sprite oh, cranberry. Oh yeah. Well. I've had it before. It's pretty good. Is it? It is. Every it is. for the last couple of weeks I've been checking when I go to Walmart or any grocery store and I can't find See, it. See, I thought it was discontinued. No, I can't. Well, I still see the commercials for it. It can't be discontinued. Sprite you still cranberry. see the LeBron commercials? Yeah. yeah. No, I get no, no, ads no, no, no. for it. I get ads for He doesn't Sprite do cranberry. it anymore, I don't think. Well, I see ads for Sprite Cranberry, period. They don't We'll, they we'll, go, not we'll go search in tonight. We're going to go find We'll go yeah. search in tonight. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, we're going to jump right into the sports here. And we're going to start off with the NCAA basketball, NCAA hoops. Um, Syracuse getting back on track. They win over Notre Dame on Saturday. They have a huge win at home yesterday against Oakland. Yeah, that was a real surprise. <laughs> very, very big surprise. Joe Girard got his 100th start, mm-hmm. might I add, as well. Um, Deserved. Questionable. Yeah, uh, but questionable, but he's he, healthy. He had, he had a good uh, game last night. I mean, how can you not have a good game against Oakland? Uh, but that Notre Dame game is the one that uh, we're really highlighting. Jesse Edwards, 22 points. Um 10 of, what was that, 15 that you just had up there? 10 of 15, yeah. Uh, 14 boards and they as get, well. And they go into uh, South Bend, right down to the wire, keep the game going, and there you have it. They get the they get the win at the end. And you brought it up last week. We are getting into conference play. Um, the, the Orange are a little bit in and out, some conference here and there. Um, but getting a big win in your first ACC game over Notre Dame, that is huge, especially after struggling so much in the beginning of the season. Yeah, and you know they sprinkle in those those early ACC games right at the beginning of December. Yeah. Um, Syracuse will play a Big East team this week in, in Georgetown. You know, renewing the rivalry at home um, should be a big game. But I think that then they only have maybe one or two more games against uh, teams in the ACC in December, and then yeah. conference play goes into full swing in January. It should be really fun. I'm excited for it. Um, I had a lot of fun at the games last year. Um, and I'm looking forward to them this year. Yeah, we have we have. I'm going to Notre Dame is going to be the first one that I probably really head to. That's that's the uh, right before my birthday, nice. and then North Carolina and Duke are both coming yeah, here. We get that's to see be UNC huge. for the first time. Yeah, um, we get year. to we get to uh, yell at Baycott. Yeah, I'll the most overrated big man in college basketball. I uh, <laughs> one one even was that was I like I was almost made a bet on him being injured as well in uh, March Madness last year. Oh and yeah, he yeah, aggravated yeah. himself in one of the games. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it was right in the final four yeah. when uh, when he said that he got hurt and then he came back and then he played the next game. Mm-hmm. People are saying apparently he's still not a hundred percent. I have no clue. We're six months past. I, that, yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but sticking with the hoops, the Jimmy V Classic was underway in Madison Square Garden last night. Illinois and Texas go to overtime. Texas falls short. Um, and giving them their first loss of the season with Illinois. Um, yeah, Illinois has been a team over the years who's been in the top 25 time and time again, um, showing that they're a legitimate threat. They haven't been able to really get over that hump. They were one seed in the tournament two years ago. Yeah, when they had Io DeSunmu, yep. uh, Kofi Kokburn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kokburn uh, came back, but then kind of underperformed again last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're back in the top 25 and, and getting a big win in that early invitational. Getting a marquee win as well. Yeah. That'll go on when uh, March comes around, if they're vying for one of those top two, top three seeds, having that win over an elite program like Texas is going to be huge for them. Horns up. Horns up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Houston facing Alabama this weekend. Alabama, we've come to know as one of the best teams in college basketball. Yeah. I mean, Houston as well, but like the SEC, it's really the SEC versus everyone in every single sport at this point. It totally is. And with Alabama, it feels like Kind of when Colin Sexton was there, that was the beginning of the rides. They hadn't, they weren't, they were nowhere close to peaking while he was there. But since then, they've consistently been in the NCAA tournament. They've been in the yep. top twenty-five. Um, they're up to number eight in the AP poll right now. Um, and they're taking on Houston. This will be Houston's first test of any variety. They haven't played anyone in the top twenty-five. And Alabama, a very good defensive team. Yeah, I will say. They, I've, I've come to know them as a team that really, you know, emphasizes their defense. They're always very solid on that end of the floor. And uh, well, along with that, Nate Oates, um, back when he was at Buffalo, they were a 12 seed. Um, I don't remember, or 13 seed maybe. They were playing Arizona yeah. in the tournament. This was in 2017 or 18. Had an upset. That's might have what gotten them the job at Alabama. They've been a consistent threat since then. I'm well, excited. Big you know, game. NCAA basketball heating up heating up just as ncaa football is cooling down which we'll get into later uh but huge tournament still going on we've got the world cup in qatar um since last week sadly no soccer super bowl for you wally or well for us but i'm just saying because you were calling it the soccer super bowl yeah well i saw a lot of people call it the soccer lombardi but (laughs) the thing about soccer lombardi to me is when i talk to my international friends they don't know what the lombardi trophy is yeah but they know what the super bowl is so i've been calling it the soccer super bowl um, tough loss, 3-1 to the Netherlands. Netherlands are a much better team. I mean, the loss. Netherlands, uh, once they advanced to the knockout rounds, they had the longest streak exactly. of making it to the knockout rounds in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, they, they hold that single possession now after Mexico, Mexico was eliminated was, this yep. year. Um, very impressive by the Netherlands. The Netherlands are always a competitive team. Uh, they'll have to face Argentina this upcoming huge, week, huge which is a very big match. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of strong teams still in this tournament. Yeah. Um, Spain getting eliminated by Morocco in, in penalties. Uh, that was a big. That was a big loss for Spain. That's Spain it. had looked dominant up until that point. I definitely say that was the biggest upset of the uh, of the round of sixteen. Um, Morocco coming out of nowhere. I don't think anyone really anticipated that. No, not really. Um, and Spain for a team that a lot of not a lot, but a decent amount of people might have even picked them to win the whole thing. Um, getting bounced early on. Um, well, they had, I think it was like 12 goals in the first two matches. Yeah. Well, it helps when you play Costa Rica. And that yeah, first one yeah. Win yeah. seven zip. Um, but on the other side of that, another team <laughs> who a lot of people picked and looked very dominant, and that is Brazil. 
um, absolutely wiping the floor against they, South Korea. They they scored a goal in the in the fifth minute against South Korea. I had that I had that game on at the beginning of class, um, like right before right before class started. because yeah. my class started at two fifteen. The matches start at two. Yep. Scored within the first five minutes. I said this is over. Yeah. South Korea could not keep up they, with them. Uh, they scored four in the all. first thirty six minutes. Yeah. So they ended up winning yeah. that game five one. Um, they look very very good. Well, Same I do want Portugal. I do want to talk about Portugal. Portugal benched Ronaldo and still. Looked dominant without him. The guy that the guy that replaced him put up three. Yeah, get a hat trick. Get a hat trick. Yeah. How about that? Uh, I do want to say, England faces France this Saturday. Very tough. Very tough test for them. Uh, They'll be without Raheem Sterling. He had to go home for family reasons. Um, Hoping his family's all right. Uh, Reports came out actually that his house was robbed at gunpoint. Um, So you know. Very valid reason to leave mm-hmm. the World Cup. Hoping everything's okay with it, with his family. Um, hoping England can get it done this Saturday. France might be the most dominant team in the tournament. Um, we haven't seen them score much, but just overall a very solid team and, and reigning champs from what's, the last World Cup. Even more remar- remarkable about the dominance is they're not even healthy. They're not yeah, healthy. They're missing five. They're missing five starters. Yeah. Um, big names that even I know. I don't know that much about yeah. soccer, but Pogba, that's a real guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he's injured, so. Yeah. And yet they're still getting it done. It's convincingly wild. as well. Well, we're on to the round of eight starting Friday. It should be an exciting weekend. Um, really fun. And then I think from there, it's just every weekend, right? It's sort of like well, the March final. Madness. The final's in two weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, so it'll be the round of eight is this weekend. But then I think it's just like the round of four is the weekend after that. And then the championship is the other weekend. So I think it's like only the weekends now. So they have a long time to prepare so that these players aren't getting injured. Because soccer takes a toll on your body. Oh, totally. Well, you're running 10 kilometers out there. Yeah. Um, For 90 minutes straight. Yeah. 90 plus minutes straight because you have those extra minutes in between. They're quite quite the athletes. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, taking it to the MLB, a lot has happened since we've last seen a you. A lot, lot. Um, and, you know, we thought this was going to be a quiet winter yeah. after after the World Series ended, but whew, there's been a lot already. No days off uh, no, for the Slingy Sports Podcast or for the MLB <laughs> at the winter meetings. Um, meeting the headlines. Just you could, as, I would say you could start with the most recent. Just uh, not even most re- uh, most recent, sure, but definitely the most significant as well. Um, is that And that's Aaron Judge staying in New York. Nine years, three hundred sixty million, which making uh, the highest paid annual value uh, player in MLB history um, at forty million a year. Passed up on a bigger offer from the Padres. Padres are willing to give him more. Um, and as uh, John Heyman reported, arson judge <laughs> signing with the Giants that did not pan out. As always, Heyman fumbles the bag. Yes. Um, so well, no. I was going to talk to you. Were. I was going to talk to you about, some, you about something about yesterday. Is Heyman obviously a New York Post reporter in sports aspect? Um, I didn't. I don't know how close he is with the Yankees. I really. I mean, all I know him for mostly is fumbling Messing the bag when it, when it comes to uh-huh. um, baseball reporting because I've usually I follow Passon as well because he's really the most reliable. Um, my my thoughts were he had heard that the Padres had offered, but then there was no. There was nothing saying that the Yankees had offered back, yeah, or anything like that. And and in that instance, you know, nothing like where Judge would have had an offer from the Yankees to even take at that point. Well, what's just moronic to me, um, as a as a journalist, both you and I, yeah, were journalists, of course, uh, students, um, and we're talking about ethics, of course, exactly. 
you need to look at your reporting. You need to look at your notes of the past month where it was very clear that the Yankees would have the final say. So, like, what well, you yeah, just yeah, described, no, I, I agree. Of hearing I, nothing about I agree. The Yankees, you cannot I... go out and report anything. But also, like, you, like, I bet you he said that without even checking in with the Yankees front office or any yeah. source close to them. Yeah, and then you type his name as Arson, which, by the way, like, I explained it to you. You can take, like, A-S-R-O-N, Azrin. Like, that makes sense, but Arson, you, your fingers have to be all out yeah. of whack or your thumbs if you're probably typing it from your phone if you're at the winter meetings. But John Amon, <laughs> doofus. It's, um, I, mean, I, never, I, I think it's funny. I, I think it's funny. It's, I, it's I, very I, funny. I thought... I, I thought he was gonna go to San Francisco. Yeah, is where I was. I I, I know had originally did. thought. Um, I wasn't buying no, not, it though. I'm not shocked he stayed in New York, but I, I thought he was going to San Francisco. I, I immediately texted you. I'm not buying yeah. it. When I hear it from Passon, then I'll believe it. I'm not believing it when John Heyman tells me. Um, it's all right because now Dansby Swanson is gonna go to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll talk about someone else that passed up on an offer from the Padres that's Trey Turner talking about my Phillies Um, Trey Turner 11 years locking down the man 300 million Um, he's back reunited with Bryce Harper Bryce Harper has his two favorite players in the MLB playing with him he said in an interview that JT Realmoto is is his favorite player of course they locked him down last year he said in another interview that Trey Turner is his favorite player in the MLB locked him down he's reunited and that that lineup is going to be deadly it's going to be a lot better than it was last year. And it'll definitely help considering Harper will be out until the, the All-Star break. Yeah, break-up. you need all the reinforcements you can get without Harper. Yeah. Um, and I quickly just want to add, with Trey Turner, the shortstop market has become insane over yeah. the years in free agency. I don't know if there's just a wealth of premier players, but it seems like with contracts regarding shortstops, they are so expensive. They want long-term deals. It is very difficult um, to get your guy. Well, you down. know that's why the the deal last year when Correa had that deal with the Twins quick was in, so quick out. was so odd because yeah. you see these guys getting locked up, and now he's got reports of going to the Cubs long term. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and uh, I don't know. Like, and there's still plenty of shortstops out there. I just mentioned mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson. Xander Bogarts is still out there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correa, like I just said, it's the the shortstop market. More is, to come. Yeah, there's a lot out there right now. But uh, one other adage for the Phillies, um, a very solid one that I personally love as well, is getting T1 Walker four years, $72 million. And they're still close to like $14 million under the cap right now. Yeah. Or under the luxury tax, I should yep. say. Um getting another rotational piece they're looking to bring someone else up through the prospect system to be that fifth starter but as of right now um getting walker as your fourth guy especially locking him down for four years that's solid yeah that's very solid and for the yankees they're also reportedly have had a little bit of interest in carlos rondon yeah um which would be great to fill out the rotation um i think aaron judge takes up a lot of money and i'm okay with it because he's not going anywhere i hope that cashman and the steinbrenner family are willing to you know buy like they used to do 20 years later they're not really doing it as much but either way transitioning to some other pitchers and a couple of big names switching teams one leaving the Mets one going to the Mets and that first one leaving Jacob deGrom going to the Texas Rangers for five years 195 million let me say that this makes me so happy as a Phillies fan I am so happy he's out of the division and not only out of the division he's out of the he's out of the league too the entire NL he's uh he's over in the American League now We'll see him for one series this year, and that's it. Um, because now this year is the first year that every team is playing every team. Yeah. Um, which I love. It's cool. But 
yeah, I'm so happy we won't have to see him more than once. If it even lines up that we'll have to see him in that three-game yeah, series. Yeah, might not be the starter for it. Yeah. Um, but the Mets making uh, very hastily replacing DeGrom with Justin Verlander, two years, $86.7 million. It's It's great. He really loves giving up runs in the playoffs. Yeah, that's his favorite thing to yeah, do. Yeah, so if he goes to the Mets, that's just so typical because they'll lose in the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand together. Um, what's just crazy to me, though, is Justin Verlander had Tommy John surgery, what, two years two, ago? Two, yeah. A year and a half. Um, and he comes back to Houston this year. And he's an absolute monster. Wins the AL Cy Young. He's pushing pushing forty now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were questioning if he was even going to pitch again after Tommy John, thinking about possible retirement. Uh, wins the Cy Young two years now with the Mets. Well, it's weird because, like, you look at a guy like Verlander, but then you look at a guy like Sale, who are kind of yeah. like around the same age. Yeah, and Sale Similar is just non-existent too. now. Mm-hmm. But Verlander has come back and been so dominant in the regular season, especially. Yeah. Um, it's been great to see it, and I, I love to see it. And but it's it's sad to see for Chris Sale. Like Sale. Yeah. Um, and Verlander is 39. He's going to be 40 opening day next year. We'll take him to 41 as well. Um, if he plays for both of those two years, feel free to hang it up whenever you want. Got him playing play like playing playing like Jamie Moyer, <laughs> in the Phillies in 2008. Uh, but the Cardinals. Losing Yadier Molina, but now bring in another another very good catcher, a very solid replacement, and Wilson Contreras for five years, $87.5 million. Yeah, and Contreras leaving the Cubs, uh, going to the enemy, joining the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals had a very quiet postseason this year, quick in, quick out. Um, replacing Yadier Molina, it's, gonna be, it's always tough to replace one of those veterans. Um, but doing it with a big name is definitely a good strategy. And Contreras is a, is a great, solid guy that you yeah. want to have behind the dish, you yeah. know, defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll get it done for you. And, you know, five years for, for him, that's a good – that's a solid contract to get. Yeah. And especially with that young team. You know, they're, they're very good. They're very young. Again, made that wild card round. Had a quick exit. Very happy about it. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just what happens. Uh, they'll be back. I think they'll win the division next year, actually. Yeah. And then I'll just quickly want to throw in two things that are somewhat related to the Yankees. Mitch Hanniger signed with the Giants. There was a report that it didn't have anything to do with Aaron Judge, but Hanniger's there, no judge for the Giants. And Jamison Tyone to the Cubs, four years, $68 million. Um, I think Jamison Tyone, he was with the Yankees for two years. When he's healthy, when he's pitching at his best, he can be a top 20 pitcher in all of baseball. But the consistency is a huge issue with the majority of players in the MLB. Um Four years, 68 just seems like a little bit much for me after watching him pitch the last two years. Especially when he really can't stay on the mound. You don't exactly. want to keep giving a guy that, that amount of but money. So. Go get your money, Jameson. Happy for you. Well, um, I'm sure next week there will be plenty more oh, free yeah. agent signings that we'll be started. talking about. So we will keep you updated on that. Again, a long off season, a lot happening. Um, but we're going to move to the NHL. And Ovechkin closing in on over 800 career goals. Pretty yes. soon. He's, pretty soon. He's at a 793 right now, currently third all-time. Gordy Howe is in second with 801. So he's very close to passing Howe. He's definitely going to pass Howe this year. Um, definitely, not definitely, probably will never pass Wayne Gretzky, who's at uh, 880, 890, something like that. He's pushing, he was pushing 900. Um, but Did a huge, I, huge mark for Ovechkin. So this is like a side note. Did I ever tell you the story about Ovechkin or about my friend back home that I used to play baseball with? No. So I had this friend back home uh, that I used to play baseball with. I just said that. Yeah. Uh, but he 
was never really a hockey fan. Um, and he went to a hockey game with one of our other friends that we played with. Mm-hmm. And he saw someone with an Ovechkin jersey on. And he goes to my friend and he says, why is that dude wearing a jersey that says oven chicken? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Um, I've got a similar story to that real quick. My, uh, this is from my parents. My, this is a huge family story. Um, they're taking a train somewhere somewhere in the U.S. Um, and my, my dad was reading the sports section. And uh, he was looking at the NHL. And it said Buffalo for the Sabres. And there was a player with the last name Papa. Um, I don't know who Papa is. But my mom read it and said, who's Buff Papa? As if that was someone's name. My dad couldn't stop laughing at the rest of the train ride saying, that's Buffalo. That's the team he plays for, last name Papa. But that's Buff, like oven Buff chicken. Papa. Buff oven Papa. chicken is awesome. That's great. Oven chicken. Might have to get myself an oven chicken jersey. Uh, the Devils and the Bruins cannot be stopped. No. That's just like, I don't know how. Like, what is going on? Um... Well, with like with the Devils specifically, they uh, they've lost once in regulation in the last twenty games, which is just insane That's for a wild. team that has no business being as good as they are. Um, they've got forty three points in twenty six games. Boston's even ahead of that with forty one in two less games. Um, they're playing out of their minds. Doesn't matter who they're playing; they're beating great teams. It's not like they've had an easy schedule. Um, they're legit at this point. I don't think either of them are going to put up the 150 points that they're currently on pace to have at the end of the season. If they do, there's <laughs> it's, there's something wrong. There is something wrong. But fantastic starts for each of them, and I'm going to keep respecting them now. I mean, we I would say I, I feel like we have to at this point. Yeah. Um, I'll take us into our little our little updates. The Lightning Stamkos got to a thousand points last week, as we had said he was at 999. Um. A great achievement for him, uh, especially being there so long and being able to do it with the Lightning. Love to see that. Uh, but the Lightning keeping their pace, 7-3 and three in the last 10, um, lost last night to the Red Wings. But keeping these games close, again, fighting back, battling back in a lot of them and actually out just outscoring these teams, even being down. I think they were down 2-0 going into the final period last night um, and still battled back. I think they lost 3-2, but still a close match. Um, they'll get it done. They'll get it together. They played on a back-to-back. It's tough to do. Um, won the game before that. Uh, but keeping the pace, just need to get that wild card spot locked up. Yeah. Um, as for the Rangers, they had a very ugly loss to Chicago on Saturday night. And uh, Chicago came into that game on an eight-game losing streak. You never want to be the team that allows yeah. someone to come off of that and break their streak. Um, lost to Ottawa in overtime the night before that. Um, had a big win against St. Louis, 6-4. Igor played like garbage, um, Shesterkin, and uh, but the offense picked him up really kind of for the first time in a while. Um, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. They're still right in the thick of it. They're in place to be one of those wild card teams as of right now. But I'm a little squirmy watching them. I'm waiting for Shesterkin to get it together. I'm waiting for the offense to have some consistency. Um, I'm not hitting the panic button because it's December 7th. I, I hope but, I, I hope I didn't curse them by saying that the they were going to win the President's Trophy. trophy. I, don't, I don't think you did. I still think they'll make the playoffs. They'll be okay. But they have greatly underperformed. Um, and again, maybe I had higher expectations. I mean, I feel like after last season, though, you have to have high expectations. They yeah. were way ahead of schedule on where they were. And now they're 
I don't know if and you would say I don't know if you would say that they're back they, to where they were supposed to be last year. Yeah. But like they should be they should be better. where they are Especially, like they should be better than where they were expected last year because they brought in a couple of those key pieces. They brought in key pieces with mainly with Trocheck replacing uh Ryan Strom, but the the young guys, Lafreniere and Kako, getting them more experience and you kept everyone. You kept all the core pieces. Yeah. Kreider, Zibanejad, Panarin on the defensive end. Adam Fox gains another year, even though he's already won a Norris Trophy. You have all these pieces. You expect them to be better, and they've kind of just stagnated. They haven't been terrible. They're above 500. They're in fourth in the they're in fourth in the division, but room for improvement. Yeah. Always room for improvement, as we always say. And Anthony Davis making a lot of improvement in the NBA. Yeah. Um, from the beginning of the season up, to now. Putting up numbers that people are arguing could be MVP worthy. Putting, well, in these two games specifically, put up 44 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, and a win over the Bucks, which on its own is huge. And then followed that up with 55 points, 17 boards, an assist, and 3 blocks, and a win over the Wizards. Those are like Wilt Chamberlain numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Those are, you're playing against a bunch of uh, five foot ten plumbers like Wilt Chamberlain I was. S- I saw a stat yesterday and it was basically comparing Giannis's MVP season in what was it 2018 2017 mm-hmm. uh to Anthony Davis's stats now and obviously we're very soon yeah, into the season, the season but um they were almost identical yeah. and I mean Davis not getting I I've always said that I think Anthony Davis is the most overrated player yeah, because he can't have. because he's he can't stay on guy. the court this year I have to say that he's impressed me because he hasn't had the injury issues at all and he's been able to put up the numbers the Lakers are what now nine and one in the last ten, um, hot. so they're looking good. Um, they they're getting it together. They're putting up the numbers. I just feel like because they're what three games out of the tenth seed right mm-hmm. now. Well, three two. teams out of the tenth seed, two two games. Two um, they're really not getting the recognition, which I I hate. But your team does have to win for you to get recognition, so they have to bump that up if if Davis wants to be considered. Yeah. Um, one team that is winning are the Boston Celtics. They're seven and one in their last eight, sitting pretty at the number one seed in the East right now. Um, and this kind of segues into talking about the West as well. Is with Boston, they've got uh, an eight and a half game cushion, or actually a nine game cushion between the top seed themselves and Miami, who's the first team out of the playoffs, um, which is huge for them. Yeah. Because you look at the West, Phoenix down to the 10 seed is a it's four and a half games 10 seed minnesota the west is so compact the one seed and 10 seed is a three and a half game difference um which is like if you have a seven game series in the playoffs you have one sweep and then you're in first in the entire conference yeah um so for the teams like the lakers who we've seen them win they're seven and three in their last 10 they've been playing much better basketball they're only what six and a half back from the start yeah or from the top i should say they're five and a half back from the top um, but along with that, it makes it very difficult because you have all of these teams beating each other up compared to the East where you have the Knicks and the Wizards two games under five hundred, and they're still in a playoff spot right now. Always under, never over <laughs> for the Knicks. Sometimes even. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Always under, never over, sometimes even. <laughs> Just how I like it. <laughs> that's um, good. That's a good saying. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to say. Uh, the Pacers at the five. I do want to talk about them yeah. because they've had two rookies showing out recently. Andrew Nemhard, who we talked a lot about because we were always covering Gonzaga a lot mm-hmm. last year. Um, he's been great in the past couple games. I think had a game winner against the Lakers a couple nights ago. Um, then I think dropped like 35 
on whoever they played next, who was it, the Kings. Yep. Um, and he's just been insane. Ben Matherin averaging close to 20 points in his rookie season as well. Um, currently reading, leading all rookies in the rookie of the year ladder. Yeah. Um, he's very, he's been very impressive. Yeah. And Matherin for the beginning of the season was a bit more in a reduced role as well. And it was very easy and obvious to pick Paulo Boncaro, Boncaro to win rookie of the year, which I did. Um, but he's the guy in Orlando and Matherin, he was not that guy and he's still trying to become that guy even now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's been phenomenal as you, as you just described. Yeah. It's great. Um, with that being said, we're going to take it into the halftime hustle. We're going to take a little break here, go into two of our favorite segments. We're going to start it off with our drip of the week and we have technically rivaling drips of the week. Um, this week is the final regular season matchup in college football. It's the Army Navy game. It's the best game of the year. I love it. The battle for America. <laughs> um, so my my drip, I'm going with the Army uniforms. Um, they, I when I texted you, I said they look like Texas alternate uniforms. Yeah, you did. Um, but they're they have to do with the tank infantry in the army um mostly based out of texas i believe uh they have a little patch on the side of them i i I like the i like the dirt look the dirty look they're they're a nice brown color with with the orange um it really it looks looks clean it's cool um and with that i'm going with the navy if you couldn't already (laughs) guess that um they're going with a a space theme an astronaut type of uh which i I love that one um which they're doing for a, a fun fact for you uh, in the rest of the world. There are 54 Navy graduates that have gone on to become astronauts. Wow. And that is why they're going with the space theme. Um, and they've got uh, the NASA logo uh, on the sleeves. They've got an astronaut on the side of the helmet. Um, one of my favorite things about the Army Navy game, besides the, the stories behind it, the passion, uh, the, the American heritage, the culture, um, is every year the uniforms are phenomenal. For yeah, they sides. change them every my, and, and there's a story. There's a story behind all of them. I gotta say, my favorite one ever is the Army Blue Angel uniform. The Blue Angels. Which year was that? Uh, I believe that was 2017. Or not Army. They, they were Navy. The oh. Navy uniforms. Did they have, uh, like, the marble helmet? Like the. It was... The... Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Those were the best ones. Was that, was that the year Ever. in the... In the snow game as well i believe i believe so yeah 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 yeah. i love those yeah those Those are my those are my favorite it's always fun awesome game yeah we'll talk about a little bit more of course of course well now we're gonna move on to our players of the week and you know you got your final college football one do you want to start us or do you want me to go well final for now we might yeah we might have a couple for uh for bowl games but next week i'm gonna have to take a week off (laughs) college football because i don't think i'm gonna pick someone from the army navy game um, I'll start us off here. Uh, my player of the week, player of the week, uh, is Diego Pavia, the junior quarterback at New Mexico State. Um, just as everyone predicted for their player of the week. Of course. Went nine of thirteen for three hundred twenty-three yards and four touchdowns, and a sixty-five to three win over Valparaiso. Uh, Valpo, as they're called. Also added a rushing touchdown, so five total touchdowns. 24.8 yards per completion, a passer rating of 379.5, which is the highest I have shared on this yeah. podcast the entire season, and I've been doing it for 14 weeks now. Uh, he had a 99.9 QBR, 
um, in helping New Mexico State clinch bowl eligibility. Well, I was going to say, he only threw nine passes and he had 323 <laughs> yards. Or completed nine passes, I should yeah. say. And that's pretty wild. Awesome. Um, I'm going with someone who answered the call this week after ah, after Jimmy after Jimmy G goes down. Brock Purdy steps up. Mr. Irrelevant, the last mm-hmm. pick in the draft yep. this year. Uh, he comes in. 25 for 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and the win over Miami yep. this week. Big um, a very big week for them. Uh, you know, San Francisco, we were talking about them being the uh, the team to beat in the NFC. Can, can Purdy keep them there? <laughs> I think... Uh... Well, we're gonna talk about them later. Yeah, well, well, I would say that's a little, that's a little preview, a little yeah. preview. Um, with that being said, we're gonna move on to the NCAA football um, championship week is over, and USC fumbled the bag. They lost to, to Utah, Utah again. yet again. Yeah, twice, and uh, because of that, Ohio State slid in. They did. So I ask you, and I know what your answer is, but I'm still going to ask you. College Football Playoff Committee finished with the top four. Georgia one, Michigan two. TCU stays at three, despite a loss to number 10 Kansas State in the Big 12 Championship in overtime. And number four, Ohio State slides in, despite getting blown out at home by Michigan and not even making a conference championship. Did the committee get it right? And if not, how would you have set it up? No. And here's And here's why. You're wrong. Here's how I would have set it up. And here's why I would have set it up this way. There's three reasons why. Georgia won, obviously. Yep. Michigan two, obviously. Yep. You can't move those. Even if they lost, they're staying there. Yeah. Then you have Ohio State three. And then you have Alabama at four. Now there's three reasons why. I'm listening. The first, TCU couldn't even win their own conference in one of the weakest conferences in college football. Every yeah. single every single person laughs at the Pac-12, which USC didn't win, so they got they got bumped anyway, so it doesn't matter. And the Big 12, because every time you have a team in there, they get absolutely demolished and clobbered, and eh. prove that they don't they don't deserve Debatable. to be there. Even if they don't advance to every- the national championship game, there's still the Oklahoma Georgia Rose Bowl that went into double overtime. That's that's one instance. I mean, the Oklahoma-Alabama with Kyler Murray was pretty lopsided for the first half, but they hung around in the second half at least. I'd say I'd say the Big 12 is very much... I think the Pac-12 you know, is more fraudulent besides Oregon in the first year. Yeah, but the Pac-12 usually doesn't have a team that makes it that far anyway. Either way. Keep... E- either way, either way. Yeah, yeah. So that's reason one, is yes. that they couldn't even win a weak conference. Mm-hmm. Two, they lose to a three-loss team. A three-loss Kansas State. Three-loss at the time, because I know you're going to say that LSU has three losses. LSU had, well, now they have four. LSU had two losses when they beat Alabama, and they were also being considered for the college football playoff, even with two losses at the time. Kansas State, never considered for the college football playoff, didn't really beat anyone that great, and now they beat TCU for the conference. TCU couldn't even beat them. Yeah. On top of that, keep going. Alab- I'm not gonna say Alab- anything until Alabama, you're done. Alabama, both of their losses came from two of the top ten teams. Each of them at the time. Yeah, each of them mm-hmm. only. Oh yeah, at the time. Well, each of them only being by one possession as well. So they're close. They're close games. So they're close does matchups. That mean that and team- and okay. so that's so so that's like partially reason two. Okay. So reason three, which is which is 
where, you know, this is, like, skewed, but also has relevance in the college football world. So, like what's... the SEC? No, no, no. Okay. Well, yes, but no. <laughs> I don't like the SEC. But the SEC is the best conference in college football, yes? Yeah. And the it's Big Ten is the second that. best conference in college football, yes? Yeah. So, what's happening with college football right now? People are moving to the Big Ten and the SEC. Exactly. Yeah. So you do this as a marketability event and also this have... This is not, that's and not also what the have, committee is about, though. But that's basically... The NCAA that's, might it, be it about is. that, but the committee isn't about that. It is, which is why that's the way I would have thought they would have gone with it anyway. No. Um, I mean, number, the, the third one isn't like what I truly believe, but like it could it would have been a great way to make more money. Um, I think they got it right. I think they got the order right. And I'm just going to say two things. One, no two-loss team has ever made the playoff, and they're going to stick true to that. The only way that a two-loss team was going to make the playoff, hypothetically, this would have happened three weeks ago, was LSU winning the SEC championship with two losses. That is the only way that would have happened because you would have beat the number one team in the country in the SEC championship. There's that. And two... The case you made about TCU and the comparison to Alabama saying they lost to two top 10 teams by one possession. TCU lost to a top 10 team, albeit three losses to a weak Kansas State. Not not even weak because they're number 10 in the country, but weaker compared to some of the other teams, sure. They lost in overtime and Max Duggan quite literally died, was on, about <laughs> to have a heart attack for the last five minutes of that game. So they were running with a quarterback that couldn't breathe in overtime. They were taking the ball out of his hands so the poor kid didn't have to die. Well, see, and what, one more well, thing. Well, I do. They, I I also have a criticism on TCU's part. Okay. Which Colin, which Colin also brought up, our friend Colin. Why does nobody run a QB sneak anymore? Well, a bunch of people are bringing that up on Twitter, but yeah. I'll tell you why they didn't. Because Max Duggan is dead. The poor kid can't <laughs> breathe. Um, and I also just want to say they finished with one loss on the season. If they had two losses and it was like USC, sure, then we can have a discussion about it. But you make your conference championship. It doesn't matter what conference you're in. Reaching 12-0 and 0 is a huge accomplishment. Um, I'm happy to dis- well, well, happy for you to disagree. But the committee clearly has a bias. Even if they have a bias for the SEC, they have a bias against teams with two losses. And well, it I, I mean, who you are. either way, I'm I'm still partially skewed because three years ago, when or well, two years ago. When Notre Dame had to join the SEC and lost in the ACC championship, they still made it at the at the third spot because they were number one and lost. Yeah, how about that? You know. But I just don't think I don't think TCU is good. Well, the ACC isn't very good. Yeah, but Clemson, Clemson Clemson was great that year. Yeah, who else? Exactly, Same. but Clemson was great. I'm happy with it, and everyone knows I have a bias for TCU <laughs> with Max Duggan anyway. Sorry, right. it's all right. You can. You know, you can. even I would say like. Why not make an argument for two loss Alabama over one loss Ohio State? Well, you could argue that because Ohio State got absolutely clobbered exactly, by Michigan. Exactly, and they didn't even make it to a conference championship. The yeah. more games you play, the more likely you are to lose one. I think well, you have a bit more of an argument there of two loss I, Alabama I think, getting in over one loss Ohio State. I think the argument is that Ohio State lost to an undefeated Michigan team that also won the conference. Yeah. That was like fair. that was the conference championship was the week before the conference championship yeah, because Purdue had no shot against either of them. Yeah, fair enough. It wouldn't matter. I'm looking forward to it. It's I mean, I, personally, I think Michigan's gonna mop the floor with them, but they get their shot in the playoff. If they prove me wrong, I will gladly take the L. <laughs> but I think Michigan's gonna do it, and I 
I th I think this might be a very close uh, championship game, even though we've been bashing Michigan all year for their cupcake schedule. Well, it's going to be a rematch yeah, as well from uh, the semifinal last year. Well, not jumping the gun too much, but they played each other in the semifinal last year. Yeah. Would be on, on path to meet in the final this year. We'll see. We shall see. Um, with that being said, we're going to talk about some transfers. But actually, first, Before that. we're going to talk about one of the biggest head coaching head coach signings um, in college football, and that's Deion Sanders going to Colorado. Yeah, and, uh, and telling all of his players to leave. Yep. <laughs> in the introductory uh, press conference, not even press conference, just conference with the team, he said, "I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louis. Hit the portal." Like I'm bring luggage, referring to players, not even yeah. just his belongings. Um, he said immediately that his son Shadur Sanders is going to be the starting quarterback. They're also um, bringing over who was the top recruit, I believe, in, was it last year? I think 2021. Yeah, 2021. Um, so they, uh, they're going to get a be lot loaded. better. And uh, there have been a lot of college football players uh, <laughs> saying out loud, reaching out to Coach Prime, <laughs> saying they want to come play, play for him from a number of big-name programs, four-star, five-stars. Um, Colorado was also atrocious. I also saw that Colorado this season – Gave up more points on defense than Georgia has given up in the last three years combined. That's insane. For perspective, they gave up. Colorado gave up forty-four and a half points this year per game. Georgia has given up less over the last three years combined. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, do you think Colorado is going to be able to rival USC now with USC also bringing in a potential eleven more transfers this year? From what Lincoln Riley says, I think. I think USC is going to be gone in the Big Ten by the time they're able to rival them. I think it's way too difficult to jump to Power Five, um, even if you are Deion Sanders and you did an amazing job at Jackson State. It is very difficult to jump in in year one and immediately rival a team that was in the driver's seat to make the college football playoff, and they took themselves out of it. Um, they're not ready yet, but if USC was in the Pac-12 in three years, then I think they would be rivaling them. So I think Colorado yeah. has a very strong chance to I mean, dominate. I think I think Colorado is easily going to take the Pac-12 now that UCLA is going to be gone, yeah. USC is going to be gone. Definitely. Um it'll be them That's and them in Oregon depending on and how Utah. Oregon recruits. The Utes who I picked to make the playoff. Early yeah, on. yeah, they won the conference. By the way, uh how many how many did you end up getting right in the I think one? One. Who was because it? of Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. And I got two, baby. Georgia and Ohio State. Two I, for four. Well, I don't know why I was such an idiot and said Georgia would be six. I had yeah, Texas you were not over high them. Yeah, well, you did. I forgot you had Texas. Well, because at five. you got to pick someone. You yeah, pick a surprise team. Yeah. Well, I had I had Texas. TCU Texas at five. I had year. USC at four. Which yeah. USC, if they made it, then I would have had. No, I still would only had one because then Ohio State wouldn't be in. Either way, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, let's talk about the Heisman before we talk about some transfers. Yeah, the Heisman finalists were announced. All four quarterbacks, might as well call it the quarterback award. <laughs> C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, and I wrote his name again, but I meant Stetson Bennett. 25-year-old um, mailman, also gets a borderline participation trophy for being uh, the quarterback of the number one team. Um, Caleb Williams is going to win the award. I have a bit of an argument here. But I don't. I'm listening. I don't like how. See, I I, I get it. I get it. You know, Heisman uh, celebrates the the best the best player per se in college football. I get you gain yards. You're the quarterback. You're the most important part of your team, most mm -hmm. likely. 
But like, what? Where are the years where it wasn't four quarterbacks against each other? Where are the years where the running backs got more appreciation, where? or the defensive guys? Like, like Manti Teo, you know, all the whatever, all that controversy that came up, it all ended up being fake anyway. But like, there were years where you had a ton of defenders in there. Sorry. Well, I will say, uh, Aiden Hutchinson was invited last year, so he yeah. was a defender. We had a wide receiver win it the year before. We haven't seen a running back. Uh, win it since I guess even was it Derrick Henry in 2016, 2015, yeah. something like that. So you definitely make a fair point. My issue: stop with the four people getting invited. For the longest time, it was it three was only people three. Yeah, that would get invited to New York, and now they're just inviting everyone. At this point, just invite seven people. At um, this point, it's going to really be the quarterback annoying. for every all four college ball exactly. playoff teams. Like it's going to be annoying. I mean, it was three out of four this year. Yeah, the exactly. Only reason. I, well, I feel like we would have a case if Blake Corum stayed healthy and Blake Corum put up the Donovan Edwards numbers against Ohio State and then did the same against Purdue. Corum would be there. I mean, that was arguably why Hutchinson got the invite last year was his game against Ohio State. Yeah, if Corum was able to have that marquee game against Ohio State, he would have been there probably instead of Bennett. Um, but even so, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. He deserves it very yes, much. 100%. He, uh, he scored 42 touchdowns total this year. The most, I believe, ever in USC history. Yeah, um, and nine rushing touchdowns. He's the only quarterback uh, to do that at yeah. USC. So Monster he's been impressive. And he's only going to get better. Yeah, he's <laughs> only going to get better. Him and him and him and Drake May out of the out of the draft next year. Quinn Ewers as well. Yeah, I'm in there too. yeah. Quinn Ewers. More to come. Horns up. Horns up. Uh, talking about some some draft declares. Uh, Anthony Richardson, shock there. Yeah, well, not not so much a shock because it had been expected for quite some time, but we were talking about yeah, it a couple we, of we days talked about ago. This before. We've talked about Anthony Richardson as a prospect, as a player, about the concept of him entering the NFL draft. I am not very high on him. Um, completed just over 50% of his passes this entire season. All the talent in the world, but for me, if you cannot get the ball just into your receiver's hands, Accuracy is the number one thing. And if I'm a coach, if I'm a GM, I look for a quarterback that doesn't take the game out of our hands. You have to be able to just put the ball on the money, and Anthony, Anthony Richardson has struggled with that. There's room for room and time to improve, yes. But because of that room and time potential, I would have stayed at Florida for one more year. But we discussed this on Monday when we, uh, when we were hanging out. Um, I think Anthony, Anthony Richardson declared now because he knows what's coming next year with that quarterback class of the three names that we just listed. He feels that this is his best bet. He's going to be behind Stroud. He's going to be behind Young, probably behind Levis. But after that... Levis is the only one he could probably jump. Hypothetically, depending yeah. on how you how he performs at his pro day, combine, all that stuff. But there's that. But after that, who's there? Tanner McKee from Stanford? There's, there's no one really breathing down your neck. No. You're going to be QB4 at the absolute worst. So if you go back to Florida, no matter what happens, you're going to be below Caleb Williams. You're going to be below Drake May, probably below yours. Now is his time. He is aware of that. I think that's why he ended up leaving early. Which is understandable. Yeah. It's very understandable. Go get the bag. Uh, two guys that are leaving that will not play in their bowl games. One of them playing in the college football playoff is Jackson Smith in Jigba. Yes. And the Njigba bit, uh, Smith and Jigba. a lot of people said he's quitting on the team or whatever, but that's because doctors said that he's not going to be able to play yeah. in the playoff. 
this is not an anti-Ohio State. He's quitting on his team. It's just, I can't play. I'm sorry. I'm like, what do you expect him to do? Yeah. Rather than, you know, like, repeatedly practice with the team, trying to be limited, trying to push something, he's just going to go get ready for the draft now. And Mike Mayer will well. skip out on the Gator Bowl. Top tight end. In, Baby in Gronk. Drafts. Baby yeah. Gronk, as he's called. Um, guy's an absolute monster. And uh, I'm excited for him to be drafted this year. And looking f- looking to the future of tight ends, Brock Bowers out of Georgia. If you think Kyle Pitts was a monster, if you think Mike Mayer is a monster, wait for Brock Bowers next year. Not to discredit Mayer in any way. I'm, I'm very, you know, baby as a as a Notre Dame guy, I'm sad to see Mayer go. He broke all mm-hmm. the tight end records. Um, his name will forever be at Notre Dame. Um, they've had a lot of great tight ends go through there as well, especially in recent years. Um, but Mayer, I think he's going to do great in the NFL, and uh, I can't wait to see where he's going to get drafted. Yep, and another guy who's not getting drafted and decided to return to school is Kayshawn Booty. Phenomenal name. Um, Booty. He's returning to LSU. The beginning of the season, he was projected to probably be in the top 15, one of the top wide receiver prospects, and he's fallen out of that a little bit yet, a little bit as the season went on. It was more late first, early second. Um, and the player that I'm comparing him to in terms of why he's doing this is Chris Olave. Yeah. And Olave, after 2020, I guess, it would have been the 2020 draft, he was projected late first, early second, and he bet on himself and returned to Ohio State and he improved his stock. He went in the mid first to New Orleans the next year. I think Kayshawn Booty is doing the exact same thing. I think it's smart of him to do that. We'll have another year with Jaden Daniels at LSU. LSU will be good to go from the beginning of the season. They were a little shaky, took them some time. I think he made a great decision. I think it's a very I think it's a very smart decision by yes. him to stay. Uh, and finally, getting to this Army Navy game. Yeah. <laughs> um, your Army Navy game. Army is four and two in the last six. Prior to that, the Army had not lost it, or the Navy, my mistake, hadn't lost a game since 2001. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't watch any Army Navy football, but every year the game is awesome. Doesn't matter who's ranked, who's not ranked, what their records are coming into the game. It's always competitive. It is always about 13 to 10. It's yeah. always low scoring. Very similar play styles. Looking forward to seeing some triple option. So, so Navy. Navy tends to play Notre Dame once every year, so mm-hmm. I get to see them play yeah. uh, at least at least once. Um, and I think that Navy will take it this year. Um, do you? Yeah. I'm riding with Army. I do. I do. All right. I think Navy's going to take it. Uh, Navy is usually a lot better at the option, um, usually has a decently better defense, so I, I'm going to pick them. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Like you said, it's always competitive. Yeah. So anything could happen. Oh, Absolutely fine. anything. It'll be madness. <laughs> uh, the NFL, Von Miller, Jimmy G, out for the season. However, Jimmy G might be back. For the playoffs. For the playoffs. Might. Might. Keyword might. Yes, might. His injury is a seven to eight week time frame. In terms he, of it, ha- it, it depends on his rehab. Yes. If it goes smoothly, then he can be there for probably, hopefully the division round, probably NFC championship. Yes. Likely. Um, so it's Brock Purdy time. And Lamar missing at least one to three weeks. Yes. And uh, Tyler Huntley will fill in for him there, um, which I think they're going to be all right, Baltimore. I've bashed Baltimore enough. I'm not very high on them. I yeah. don't think they're a top 10 team in the NFL. I think they're getting bounced in the first round. And Cincinnati is either I – think, I think Baltimore still holds the number one spot in that division. I think, like, barely. But it's, like, over a tiebreaker or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Cincinnati's breathing down their neck. Um and think, they'll lose it. Yeah. Either way, Brock Purdy, as you were talking about with 
player. He's pretty good. He is very good. He's well, not solid. very good, but he he can get the job done. After... Do you do you think he's going to be able to get the job done to keep them? Yes. Where they're at. Yes, I think that Brock Purdy will do enough to win the NFC West. And by enough, I mean the defense, which is top. <laughs> not even I was going to say top ten. They're number it's one. Top. It's they're top. number one in like eight different categories. Nearly every category on defense, they are the best. And you can say that Miami game, oh, uh, Brock Purdy didn't have to do that much. They're still playing Miami. Miami is a phenomenal team. A, I said, a great offense I as said, well. I said we like, could have be having a Super Bowl preview with that game. Um, I think Miami might be, the, Sanford, might be the other team to come out of the AFC. Yeah. Because San, of the amount of injuries that Buffalo has. And San Francisco shut them down nearly entirely. Tyreek Hill had a great game for my fantasy team. <laughs> but in terms of actual competition... San Francisco shut them down. Brock Purdy, you're in the perfect offense with Kyle Shanahan. You have all the playmakers in the world around you. Don't blow the game, and San Francisco's going to win 12 games, and they're going to win the NFC West. Yeah, yeah. Without any issue. I well, think. let's talk about the NFC West, because Baker Mayfield is heading to the NFC West. He's going to the Rams. Yeah, the Rams uh, were the only team to put in a claim for him. They are in shambles at quarterback right They're now. They're in shambles as a team. We were looking yes, at their injury in report before this. Aaron Donald's set to miss his second game ever. Yep. Um, two weeks in a row. You know, Cooper Cup obviously still out. He's not going to come back. Um, this team is just, like, They're a mess. Awful. They're an absolute mess. And at quarterback, Matthew Stafford, chances are won't even play again this year. He's on. No, he is, he is out for the rest of the year, okay. they confirmed. Out for the year. You've got John Wolford, who is limited in practice this week, battling a neck injury. Bryce Perkins, an undrafted guy out of UVA, who now has one start under his belt, wasn't very flashy in that one game against the Chiefs. You bring in Baker. And Baker has – you have to assume that Baker's going to be active tomorrow because yeah. they're, they don't, really they have, don't have a backup. If, if Wolford if, can't play, yeah. you're going to have Baker Mayfield, who you claimed off waivers – two days ago now um and it's a short week you're playing on thursday you'll have four days to get baker mayfield accustomed to the offense and then i guess you hope that he doesn't have to play what a quick decline for baker might yeah add. it's tough yeah uh missing out getting kicked out of cleveland after you bring that after you bring that team to his yeah playoff yeah sent to uh, sent to carolina lose the st- lose the starting job kind of injured borderline but lose the starting job to pj walker who then loses the job to Sam Darnold. Um, tough for Baker. Maybe this is the right space for him. Probably not. Um, I, I was think this, this might be the last time we see him get a shot as a starter. Definitely. Competing for a starter. Yeah. Not even, and he shouldn't even be the starter. It should be Matthew Stafford. You're yeah. competing with a backup to be the starter for the starter. Um, either way. Well, let's talk about a backup that is now a starter, and that's Mike White. Mike White is looking good. Yeah, he's earned my respect. He's not bad. And it seems like uh, Robert Sala and the Jets are going to ride with him based on Garrett Wilson's post-game comments. Garrett Wilson had a lot of nice things to say about about Mike White, things that were not said about Zach Wilson. Um, and as I've said with backup quarterbacks, they're good for a game. Mike White was good against Minnesota. He was plenty good. He kept it up, made good reads, good throws, smart with the football. Um, kept a minute to the last minute. Could have had that game. Totally could have. And you know them. what? You know what? You know what they didn't do that we were talking about before. QB, QB sneak. sneak. They QB Mike White is six five. They QB sneaked on the first time they got down there. They called it and they got it, and then they get down again and they don't call it and they don't get it. I'm so mad. I was so mad at that game. You know I'm an honorary. I know fan. you are. Yeah, picking uh, them week after week. Either way. 
Either way. Not bad. Dallas scoring 33 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know if we need to talk about this game because it was just so atrocious. No, but uh, Indianapolis threw three straight interceptions. Th- not even and, and a scoop and score, my yeah. dad. And, and, uh, in the fourth quarter, but it was in like an 11-minute, 30-second time frame. It wasn't even yeah. the entire fourth quarter that they put up 33. For perspective, the Giants, the team that I love, have scored 30-plus once in the last three years last three seasons and that one time included a defensive touchdown meaning the offense hasn't produced 30 um in three years and dallas does it in one quarter alone absolutely insane monster game um i don't like the cowboys i don't think that they're that good they're still gonna lose in the first or second round they're dallas gonna do what dallas does but we'll see nice win for them yeah uh tom brady having a nice comeback on Monday night, after yeah. a boring, boring game. Yeah, first three quarters puts you to sleep. Um, and since he arrived in Tampa, the Buccaneers have struggled quite a bit against the Saints. This Saints team is not like the ones in the past, though. Um, the uh, the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, has not has not been uh, firing off like a no. rocket this season. Um, scored the game-winning touchdown the, the Bucs did with three seconds left. Um, nice win for them. Gets them to 500. They're 6-6. Six and six. Um, And they are uh, hanging on to the NFC South. Yeah. They've got it. Which is a terrible it. division. They're, they're only, they're only like one game up. Or no, they're two now, right? Cause yeah. They, yeah. Well, I think I think it's technically one because Atlanta is 6-8, and eight, something like that, because of a bye. There's yeah. A, there's a yeah. situation there. Um, either way, great win for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of Tom Brady as much as I'd like to. No, and the there. rumor is he's going to be going back to New England. New England. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really buying that, but I'll believe it when I see it. Now for uh, the worst part of the entire NFL, I don't need I'll to let, talk. I'll let you sound off. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about it that much, but the Giants tied Washington 20-20. Graham Gano came up about five yards short on a potential game-winning field goal in overtime time expired um there's proof of how evenly matched those two teams are they'll meet again in two weeks uh on sunday night football as well yeah we got flexed. flexed um for the giants second sunday night game in three years um i hate ties they don't belong in football you look at any other level of football uh american football that is and there's no tie anywhere yeah. there's no reason to keep them everyone hates them the players hate them the coaches hate them the fans hate them it's an empty feeling this is the Giants' first tie since 1997, uh, which was also in Week 13 against Washington, and it sent them to 7-4-1 and for the exact same record, it was the f- meaning it was the first tie of my lifetime. Um, I don't like them. Get rid of them. <laughs> Fix it, NFL. I don't like it. That's it. That's that, that's all you can say. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs lose to the Bengals for the third time in 2022. Yeah, they uh, they lost to Cincinnati in the regular season last year. Lost to them in the AFC Championship, as everyone knows, and then they lose to them again on Sunday. Um, just seems like they're their nemesis. Uh, they're their kryptonite. The Chiefs can beat pretty much anyone. They lost to the Bills this yeah. year, and for some whatever reason, they lost to the Colts. But seems like they can beat anyone and they run into cincinnati this is the first time pedro mahomes has lost in november or december since 2019 yeah which is absolutely insane that the colts had won that many <laughs> many straight um yeah. over a two-month period it's easy to yeah. do it in one month you just got to win four games sometimes three depending on the buy but sustained consistency seven and seven or eight in 
well, yeah. seven or eight each year. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. it's wild. I do want to make a quick note. Mm-hmm. I'm just praying that Trevor Lawrence is okay. Yes, me just too. Praying, man. For you. It, it, it was a very scary sight. Um, it's ugly. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that game too much. Kind of a blowout. Um, a lot of injury on the defensive end. Uh, did not look great at all. Um, Trevor coming back onto the field when he wasn't even playing 100% shows how much heart he has, how much mm-hmm. he cares about this team. Yeah. However, at that point, I just feel like you don't want to risk anything. Yeah. You don't no, want to put him to. back out there. And, you know, he came back on, had a couple runs. He looked good, but came off in the fourth quarter. Um, at that point, the game was way over. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even worth it. it. You don't need to keep him out there. And it was a smart choice. I, I, I respect the heart that Trevor Lawrence has. We talked about it last week, how much he loves this team, um, how much he loves Jacksonville. Uh, but, you know, just hoping he's okay. Uh, he's been limited in practice, hasn't really done much. He, there was a picture with seen with him wearing, like, an air boot or air mm-hmm. cast. It was like a, a small compression thing on yeah. his foot. Um, so I don't know his status for this week. I say don't push it. You know, I, honestly, I'd rather the pick at this point. You don't want to try and push for anything because – Let's be honest here. They probably will not be running the table and making the playoff and taking that spot from Tennessee. You're probably right. Um, which is fine. You know, just get a solid draft pick and start building towards next year. Let Trevor learn more while he's in, get those reps. But for now, make sure that he's healthy. That's my main thing. Yep. Good call. With that being said, we're going to go to the NFL Pick'em for the week. And you actually have the first one if you want to start with the matchups. I will. I will get us started. Um, probably depending on who you ask, the game of the week. Um, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Tom Brady playing his, his hometown team, the Niners. Talked to plenty about Brock Purdy. Talked plenty about Tom Brady. I just gassed him up, and I'm going to keep gassing him up. Brock Purdy, baby. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers to beat Tampa Bay. Well, what a shock. Of course I'm going to take my player of the week. I'm going San Francisco. <laughs> um, not only for Brock Purdy, but, of course, for that defense. Tom Brady might have beaten the Saints by, what was it, three or yep. one? But he, won, I don't, I, I don't, 16. I don't think he's gonna beat San Francisco by that, and I don't think he's gonna have another game-winning drive. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, me, I arguably also have the game of the week, and that's the Jets against the Bills this time in Buffalo. Um, we just talked about Mike White as well, and I'm actually gonna ride with Mike White. I'm gonna wow. ride with the Jets. I'm gonna say that they're gonna take the sweep over the Bills because of how much, how many injuries that defense has. Um, the offense has looked. Good, but still a bit up in the air. Um, and I'm actually taking them as my lock. Wow. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo. I'm not taking them as my lock, but I will take Buffalo. Um, I've kind of been waiting. Not not so much waiting. Everyone knows that Josh Allen is that guy. Yeah. There are marquee games, trademark, put your stamp on it um, type of games. Now's the time to do it. Buffalo's having a little bit of adversity. The focus is on the defense, losing Von Miller for the season injury that originally wasn't supposed to be for the entire season um i think josh allen gets it done i also just think it's very difficult to beat a team twice in one season um especially beating them on the road as well in an environment that is like buffalo in december when the fans get hungrier they get more passionate as it gets colder there and that's respectable i don't i don't have anything i won't have a problem with the jets winning i like i like mike white I'm, i'm a fan it's not like me as a yankee fan i don't like the mets i can tolerate the jets i don't mind them I, 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 I don't know what it is. I just I love rooting for the Jets this year. I do. <laughs> Except for when I go to MetLife to see the Jags play yes. them. I will not be rooting for the Jets, of course. 
Um, you're you're up. You're up. Your next matchup. Next up, a game that Vegas is a little bit surprising right now, um, and that is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Lions are favored in this game, despite the Vikings being ten and two. Fun fact: If the Bills did not beat the Lions on Thanksgiving, they would be on a six-game win streak. Mm, but they didn't. And they <laughs> lost. So um, they've been playing some great football. The Lions. I also love Minnesota. I made it clear. I'm picking the Vikings. I want to pick the Lions, but I'm picking the Vikings because I am sticking to uh, my guns, and I've been riding with them for the entire season. But Detroit is a very good team. You know I don't like Minnesota. I know you don't. And Detroit has a lot of momentum. They do. I think that they could upset anyone right now. I think they could really beat anyone right now. Yeah, they could. Especially this divisional game. Yeah. You know, I'm riding with the Lions here. Wow. Dan wow. Campbell, don't don't let me down. Uh, next up, I have Miami against the Chargers. Tua took his first loss as a starter mm-hmm. last week after get, making it through the whole game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What are you thinking here? Um, you know, Miami looked solid. Obviously, they've looked solid all year. There's nothing against that. Um, the Chargers have had a bit of a resurgence. They've been playing a lot better recently, a lot better football. Um, I'm going with the Chargers. You know, I'm not. I'm not really like extremely high on them yeah but i think that they they might shock people in this game and you know i don't know this offense has been coming together a bit yeah um and justin herbert he uh he's been throw he has over three thousand passing yards um yeah he's been a monster and he's been doing it with a bunch of taxi squad wide receivers because mm-hmm. everyone has been injured keenan allen's healthy now helping out my fantasy team finally <laughs> even though it's useless because i'm I say, in you only place. have you only have one more week that counts <laughs> even though i'm in last place <laughs> you could either stop way. someone from making the playoffs um either way chargers are sitting at six and six they need to win this game Des- not des- quite desperation mode but if they want to stay in the afc playoff race they need to win this game um but i don't think miami loses two games in a row i think uh san francisco's defense absolutely dominated them last week put the clamps on them I think Miami wins this game. Um, I think they get back on track, and I do. I still think that the Dolphins are one of the teams to beat in the AFC. Kansas, are, you, Kansas, are you locking them in? And I'm locking them in, as my pick. I, I had a feeling that was going to be your your mm-hmm. way. You went. Mm-hmm. All right, your last matchup. What do you got? Uh, I've got a disgusting game um, <laughs> that probably will not be very exciting, and we keep putting Arizona in here, but the games are a little weak this week. We have six people, six teams on by, so we're we're it's minus tough. three games it's this tough. week. Yeah, um, and that is New England at Arizona. The Cardinals are in shambles. Nothing's been going well. Um, New England had a tough loss, divisional loss to Buffalo last week um, on Thursday night. Real quick, I want to bring this up because I haven't brought it up yet. Marcus Jones had the touchdown. Uh, you're right. You're for, right for New England. Just want to point this out. <laughs> um, Marcus Jones also had the punt return touchdown against the Jets that gave them the win. And if uh, all you Sling Sports podcast listeners are interested in going back, I don't remember the exact episode, but it's it was our one. it was our draft episode. It was just the NFL draft. The episode. NFL draft, and uh, we were talking about day three of the picks, day three of the draft, and both Jake and I uh, submitted three players that we felt you should you should pay attention to. You should get to know them. Of course. And one of those picks for me was Marcus Jones out of Houston. I said that he's a phenomenal returner, solid corner. Hasn't really, you haven't seen the corner side of it, but phenomenal returner. There's your punt return touchdown. Saw the speed. Um, Bill Belichick drawing up plays for Marcus Jones at the wide receiver position. 
took it to the house. New England lost that game. I'm picking New England this week, hoping the Marcus Jones train continues. Um, solely for the fact of me saying, "Told you so." I'm I'm also picking New England. Um, real quick note on that on that uh, episode that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's the only pick that we're gonna we're gonna mention that you made. Yeah. Because uh, you I made think another. I on the, no, no, no. You you didn't whiff, but there's a there's a controversial pick in there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That I we're not. Gonna, that we're we not gonna, yeah, we're not. That. We're not gonna talk about. Uh, but I'm going. I'm going New England. Uh, New England really just or Arizona really. I don't have faith in to do anything. Um, the AFC East has been just as good as the NFC East. Yeah. Both divisions have been dominant this year. Uh-huh. Um, New England started off a little rough, but has turned the corner. Mac Jones, you know, ever since coming back from the injury, they've looked really good. Right. Defense has still been up to par. They've been, you know, a good defensive team. I think it's going to stay the same, and Arizona has just been in shambles, so mm-hmm. really no faith in them. Uh, the final matchup of the week, my matchup, is Las Vegas against the Rams, the Thursday night matchup, going on tomorrow. Um, kind of an easy pick here. The Rams are in shambles. They're very hurt. Vegas, I guess, is still in the hunt. I, I mean, somehow. Five and seven. Um, so Vegas making their playoff push, I guess. I'm going with them over the Rams. I will be doing the same as well. And the Raiders, they've started to figure it out. They're five and seven. They've won three straight. Um, I think it's going to... The beginning of the season was tough for them. They were the last winless team in the NFL. They started one and four, started two and seven. You're not going to make the playoffs playing like that. But I think that they can finish around 500. I think they can get to eight and nine, nine and eight, and at least have something to build on for next season. Do you think that's enough to make the playoff in no. the AFC? No, I don't, because of uh, one, the entire AFC East, and you have the Chargers right there. And I think the Chargers are going to finish at the nine and eight, ten and seven range as well. Um, so I don't think Vegas will end up making it there, but it's something to build on for next year. And we've seen the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection that everyone hyped up over the offseason because they played together at Fresno State. We finally see it. It's starting to be consistent each week as well. Um, and everything that we talked about with the Rams, injuries, quarterback, short week, not pretty. Uh, Raiders, Raiders by a lot. <laughs> Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see then what happens. <laughs> uh, keep it locked here on the Sling Sports Podcast. Every week we are covering everything right now. You know we got the FIFA World Cup going on. We got NCAA basketball heating up. We got the bowl games in a couple of weeks that we're gonna make our predictions on. Wally, what else do we got? Or where can they find us in the meantime? <laughs> I, I, say, I we, apologize. I was gonna say we got uh, some yeah. content. Yeah, that's what we got. Of course. Um, you can hit us up at Slinging underscore Sports on Twitter and at Slinging Sports on Instagram. It's the number one way to know when all content is dropped, when new episodes come out. Some pretty cool graphics that come with it. Um, close us out. Well, we hope you all are starting off your holiday season very well. Obviously, you are if you're listening to the Sling Sports <laughs> Podcast. But we will catch you in the next episode. Peace.